The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Break. We're back here live. Uh, the cold, the weather is really, really cold, but the guys are still out there practicing. But before we get into injured players and who was at practice and who wasn't, how about Leighton Vendorish with winning NFC Defensive Player of the Week? Oh. Anyone surprised? Rookie defense is it rookie defensive player, right? No, no, no. Or oh, is it defensive player? NFC defensive player of the what? week. The Wolf Hunter. Oh wow. yeah. Good That's for him. Huge. They gave him Surprise. 19 That's huge. Yeah, that is tackles. pretty big. They Nineteen tackles. Nineteen tackles. Uh it's busy. How many plays? How many total plays were know. there? So that's like a, maybe a third. I don't know. I'm just saying, like maybe a third, maybe a quarter. You know, the interception he had was it helped, I'm sure, helps the stat line, but I mean and that was a that was a nice play in the game for him. Led to a field goal, but I'm just it was the tackles, I think. It was being all over oh, the yeah. place. And it was that late tackle uh that kind of helped seal the win. Actually I think it's the opposite. I think the interception is what gets you noticed and then it's like, oh crap, he also had nineteen tackles. Yeah. And oh wow, he made the play of the game at the Chris end of the Chris Collinsworth game. probably helped him. Yeah. I think I said that Monday. It's like, which, no disrespect, the interception was like the least impressive of the big plays he made. I mean, the the tackle on the third and the five yard loss was amazing. Way it, way more impressive than the pick, in my opinion. It it definitely helps though when when you're looking around the league and when other guys they got submitted. Like, what about our guy? He had two picks and six tackles and a you know like this guy had. 19 tackles and an interception. Like, oh, okay, it definitely helps your stat line. You want to have yeah. you know things all across And those the board. kind of things in, in big games or nationally televised games, I'm talking about the interception and the big hit yeah. and the, the, the final tackle, those two things are the things that get you into Pro Bowl consideration, sure. that kind of gotta stuff. got to get on the ballot. but Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> kind of strange. But first yeah. first uh, rookie since Sean Lee, which is, you know, ironic since he's replacing Sean Lee in the lineup and everyone thinks he is the next Sean Lee. First rookie since Sean Lee to win that award for the Cowboys. Very nice. Wow. Very impressive, especially with him being your first round pick. That is the kind of stuff you want to see from the guy that you choose in the first round yeah. and not have to wait for some kind of development, which like going back to, for example, Taco Charlton when he was first selected and the kind of growth he had to make there. And he's speaking of him, we'll Has get to into make still. Like, still yeah. Yeah. Make. Yeah. Well, he made some improvement, right. but it's still, you but know. For those people, and if there were some out there, if there were, if there were people out there that questioned the pick on uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, then I think <laughs> that they're getting proved wrong just by every game. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> Good of you to uh, to admit that. I, I didn't like the pick. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really. And ma- mainly because it was like it was already out there. Brian basically said that was going to happen like three, so four there was weeks no before. To it. Yeah, it was like it three, was somebody else. Three, four months. Months. It was way out there, and it was like Brian, give me somebody different. You know, somebody that's played more than one year of football at Mountain West. I wanted someone else, but I was yeah. wrong. I don't like. I wanted Luka. Derwin James up until he got selected. And then when he got selected, I was like, whatever. Just you're take fine with you that. Yeah, just take who you want. And, and I want there's like, yeah, I wanted Derwin James, but if you're not going to take him, whatever. And we'll talk. I think I guess today we'll talk about Ridley. And like a lot sure of people will. wanted him, and and he's done some great things too. And you, you could make the argument would they have would he have done as well here? But man, you hard to argue what they've done, especially with knowing that Sean's been hurt twice. I mean, that's good it's, foresight. I mean, 
it has worked out even more beautifully than I think even they would have predicted. Mm -hmm. I actually had that conversation with somebody the other day. I was like, clearly y'all thought this would happen, but I don't know if anybody could have predicted it would happen this fast. Yeah, And perfect timing, I guess, especially with what goes on with Sean Lee, but also Jalen Smith and the time that he finally was able to step up and start playing at a higher level than, obviously, what we were expecting for him to Mm -hmm. hopefully get to. Now we're seeing that in the combination of him and Layton together clearly and, <laughs> makes an explosive team. And a risky move for the Cowboys that offseason because they decided to let Hitchens go and and hope that Jalen Smith turns the corner, which he, he has, and and hope to get some help in the draft, even though you didn't know you were going to go first round, but just hope to get some, some somebody that's able to help. And they were able to do that. So, And you know the thing I love the most about these two is that they're both bigger guys. They're big linebackers. So if you can, if that can translate into them being healthy, relatively healthy, like a lot of people will try to compare a duo like that to the one there in Carolina with Keekly and what's the guy's yeah, name? Davis. Davis. Davis, yeah. And and, and the difference there is that Keekly, tough part about Keekly is that he has a lot of injuries. Like his he's a guy that, that tends to be injured a lot. If these guys, because of their size, can manage to stay healthy, I think they have possibilities. I mean, the possibilities are endless with how good they can be for this team for quite a while. I think those two are better at pass uh, coverage. Uh, Davis, I believe, was a safety at Georgia. I mean, I, I believe, or at least he was kind of the tweener type guy. So they're really good in, in, in the past. And we've seen Keekley make great interceptions and stuff like that. But, but yeah, you're right. These guys are more physical run stoppers. Yeah. And I think they're just as athletic. Maybe not. Maybe have to develop that part of their game, but I think they're very athletic. True. This is all. This is not even. This is tangentially related to that. But just thought about it because you brought up Anthony Hitchens. I don't think we talked about it. Um, the club's decision to release Deontay Thompson on Friday. Uh, they are in line to now get a comp pick back because of that. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to sort out the math with you, but I've talked to people in the building, which. Uh, and this is a rumor that's gone around for like a month or so now that you know you brought in Thompson as a free agent. So you're always weighing who did you lose and who did you gain and how much money did the guys you lost get and how much money did you pay? Whatever. Like I said, I can't make sense of the formula, but point being Deontay Thompson is off the roster by the start of week 10, which means um, they officially brought in fewer than they lost. And because Anthony Hitchens signed such a big deal, the Cowboys Uh, are fairly confident that they're going to get a fourth round pick back for that contract now that would be huge and they're at least somewhat optimistic that they might even get a sixth too so you know you wonder about that that's part of the reason Fourth why is they huge cut. yeah so again no even i don't think even the guys on the football side of the building completely understand the comp pick formula like the nfl it's a hush hush deal but but the cowboys are in line to get at least one if not two picks back because of that which so that's and, big news. And I asked Stephen Jones two weeks ago, why are we seeing more trades? Why, what, what is the reason? He said it's because we're starting to understand the, the compensatory pick scale a little bit more and understand about how you can make this trade and you're going to lose the player, but you probably will get the pick. You know, or you, or you'll, you, you know, you, you'll lose the pick. You'll get the player, but you'll get the pick back. That's kind of what Philly did with with Golden Tate. So mm-hmm. that understanding the compensatory thing is is kind of changing some of this. It's pretty good though. Yeah. We haven't talked about safety in a while, so let me bring it up. Um, clearly, in a position that still needs to be addressed next year, I believe so. But do you guys feel that how these linebackers are playing that is taking off somewhat of a little bit of the weight on the safety position and kind of 
balancing out between the negatives and the positive? Let's be fair for a second, too. And I mean, I'm not ready to anoint him as the future starter at safety for the next five years, but Xavier Woods played a great game the other night. Mm-hmm. Like, I come out of that game feeling nice. Like, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep about the safeties. And, you know, we talked about it plenty. They had a really rough stretch from Seattle to Houston. Like, those three games, it was not good. But they've played well since they i mean you know xavier woods and jeff heath probably aren't going to the pro bowl but i think they've been good and i think you're right the pass rush and the linebackers have probably helped account for that the cornerbacks too for that matter i think you know when byron jones byron more so than cheeto but when your cornerbacks can hold down the main receiving threats without a ton of help i think it makes life easier on your safeties and that's the thing and you know from doing the draft show and following draft so closely you can't you can't fill your team like every position can't have top picks, right? You, there's some areas where you're gonna have to get you're gonna get some wins from guys that are unexpected, and safety might be that position for the Cowboys. They may feel like, hey, we've invested a lot in our linebackers, we invest a lot. They will probably in this offseason invest a lot in their pass rusher. Uh, they feel like they invest a first round pick in their cornerback, one of their cornerbacks, and so they may look at it and say, hey, you know, right now defensive tackle, let's say, might be a bigger concern for them. Then, then safety and safety is going to be that position where we feel like if we have moderately moderate moderate players, players that are kind of middle of the pack, um, when you combine them with really talented players at other positions, they do more than they're more than adequate to be able to have a really great defense. So you just can't have great everywhere, you know. And I and I'm, and maybe what they're going to find out is that these safeties suffice for what they're asking them to do in this defense with this uh, combination of players. Okay. Still would be, which I'm not, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon with you just for whatever that's like. I'd still, I, I would like to try to upgrade the talent at safety, especially, you know, Jeff Heath has one more year left on his deal, but you're always thinking about the future. Um, Kayvon Frazier has one more year after this. So still something they should look at, but I think they've played pretty well for the most part over the last month or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, looking at it as Overall, as all the games that they've played so far, and you guys basically just said it now, and you got to be aware. But again, you can't always rely on other players to, you know, make this position, bring it up higher and better. You always have to be aware of what you have and what they can do. And so far, they've been okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing that's like losing you games. Of course, that's the offense job right now that's doing that for you. But as far as far as the defense, they've they've done uh, really good. But I will say this too: there's a particular safety that's probably going to be a free agent this off season. He's coming off an injury, but he's going to steal Nick's thunder. I'm just like going to say, like, <laughs> I'm just going. I didn't say the name. I was going to let Nick go there, but I mean, I think that's still in my mind. If I were making the decisions, that would still be a possible. Uh, a possible play for me is that I go and look into free agency and see what I can find in free agency uh, as far as veterans are concerned that might come in here and elevate the level of yeah. play. Um, yeah, yeah it's, I think it might be sufficient right now, but can you get a guy that can actually turn some of those past defenses into interceptions? That can make a big difference for your defense. Right? Wow. It's too, okay. it's too early to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and take an early break. When we come back, yeah. we'll discuss Cowboys injury, and then we'll get into the Falcons offense. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Fight! thing then cutting the cord is scary but then i found out i could switch to direct tv now and still get the live sports i love no satellite needed no bulky hardware no annual contract just 
Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. (laughs) Welcome back to the break. This is the second segment. Okay, so two of us stayed in the warm. Two of us didn't. Those two decided to go out to practice. Didn't <laughs> go decide out to, to do anything. Like that's yeah, our you decided. Did your job. That's our when you decided job. to take the job. You I mean, decided you to do that. From the I decided. Window. Yeah, you could have watched from the window. I decided. Can't see. You I don't decided know. to I don't go out there. Make that call. You okay. can't see as well. <laughs> Nick's like I, sometimes I go, is, sometimes I'm not. You can't see as well. The point is, you were both out there in the cold watching what was going on. So I wanted to talk about some of these players that have been banged up a little bit. Who wasn't out there? Uh, Half the defensive line. The whole D-line. I mean, yeah. It's Wednesday, and I understand this is the day where if they're going to have some a day of rest or the day of recovery, this is the day to do it. But um, looking at Malik Collins, Taco Charlton, David Irving, Irving, Daniel Ross, and maybe Antoine Woods. Yep. Um, What happened to him? I don't even know. I don't know. But (laughs) he he went out there. And there was three guys in hoodies way on the side, but he his body type's different than others, and you could tell that was him. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, he, no, he came out. He looks different than, than other players, so you're like, who's kind of big and oh, okay. husky like that? Then he's not husky, over there. I like that word. I Portly, that husky, yeah. you know. Okay, well, out of those, who are the most concerning ones? I would I mean, I don't... We'll see, but I don't get a super good feeling about David Irving still. Yeah, and and Malik, I mean, like all of those, because if you don't get a good feeling there, then what do you think about Malik? And he did come back in the game, and that that's always a good sign. Right. But you know, Ross, he got hurt in pregame warmups or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What was the deal with that? Did we ever? Did anyone ever ask that question? Like, got, when did he actually yeah. get Garrett hurt? Garrett said it happened during pregame warmups. I could have sworn I saw. Hope him he wasn't in, there, in the but... middle of all that. With <laughs> hope that didn't happen. Got it. Kind of. What happened? What's the injury? Calf. So strain a calf in so. pregame. Yeah, he, he walked in the game. I oh. mean, to the sideline with crutches, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! So you got so it was you got significant. Those three yeah, tackles, yeah. and you got um, Taco, 
And then who, who else do we say? Um, the defensive lineman. I don't know. Ir- Irving, Ross. Taco, Irving, Ross, Woods, and Malik. Yeah. Yeah. It's mainly in, it's mainly interior guys and Taco. So oh. you are defensive tackle just seems to be that position where they just seemed to they, keep guys on the injury they, report. They yeah. brought um they brought Aziz Shatu. That's who? his name. That's his name. Don't bless you. Uh, Aziz Shatu, they brought him back to the practice squad. They had an open spot. They were going to bring Treston Deku back, but their D-line is decimated. So They do have Karan Reed, right? They do. Yeah, he's um, on the Ringo. Christian Ringo is on the practice squad, too. Ringo. So it's something to watch. Like This is a situation yeah. where, obviously, it's only Wednesday. We always say that. But if a couple of these guys don't improve, you're in a situation where you might have to call somebody up over yeah. the weekend. So that's something to watch. Um, they can always slide Crawford down, tackle, yeah. right? Yep. That's an option. But – I mean, five guys. I mean, you, if if you need at least two or maybe even three of those guys to get back. So something to watch. Zach Martin didn't practice today. That's Romo Wednesday as far as I'm concerned. Like, he said he's going to be managing this need the yeah, rest of the year, ex- right? Exactly. So. And, I mean, we've seen it with Tyron Smith, mm-hmm. who I also believe wasn't there, which we haven't seen that recently. But, again, that's Tyron Smith. Like, if he needs Wednesday to manage his back or whatever's ailing him, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Something to keep an eye on. So who did practice? Well, there, there's one <laughs> more guy that Good didn't question. practice, and, and Tavon Austin, and no surprise there. But, you know, if if these defensive linemen, if, if you can't get all mm. of them back and you're going to have to make a move here, I mean, I, they've still always been flirting with the idea of putting Tavon Austin on injured reserve. I don't really know how close he is to coming back or not, but I'm just saying that's one move. I heard that could happen. Still a couple of weeks away from being able to practice. Which, yeah, I mean, we'll see if injuries... I would really... So that's also why you hold him, maybe, is because if maybe they're thinking playoffs... I want to see him with Then they're thinking maybe you get to mid-December, he's back, and if you got need a game to get in the playoffs, then I mean, he's your guy to be able to help see, you get over that hump, maybe. T- Tavon has already scored a 65-yard touchdown going north. You know, yeah. v- vertical, deep ball. Jordan Lewis is not going to do that. He's not going to go and run a route and do all that stuff. So him being out there really doesn't worry you that much because he's going to go that way. Maybe he gets the ball, maybe he doesn't. But Tavon can do different things, and so I think that's why it's important to have that guy in, in doing those you know jet sweeps, somebody that can scare you another way. So Lucky never really went vertical either. Very rarely. So it's it's nice to have a guy with that body type, but I would rather uh, somebody who's run a route before. That's it, I mean, they only do it like twice a game, so yeah. I don't. But can Michael Gallup not do yeah, that? So I, I don't understand. Him or Amari Cooper, right? Why I mean, do they have to specialize it? Like, right. and, and it's kind of like you know, a reporter asked Jason Garrett about that on Monday. Is like, don't you worry about giving yourself away when you put Noah Brown in the game and it's always a run? Don't you worry? Like, is anybody taking Jordan Lewis seriously as anything other than a decoy or a jet sweep? How about that answer. Yeah. What was the answer? He said. He's like, well a good thing he's basically <laughs> pretty much implied that they're setting that up to throw the ball when noah brown's he's, in the game tendencies aren't always a bad thing yeah there you go which okay. which my first thought I get was that lucky, too but was lucky yeah. whitehead you, you know, gotta do that first yes. though you know you gotta well, you prove got, to people at some point you, you gotta take it. advantage yeah. of it. at some point you gotta prove remember it. that yeah. green bay game where lucky whitehead yeah it was a thing of beauty he'd been he'd been like motioning down into the line of scrimmage for like five or six weeks like yeah, why who's he blocking and then one time he just snuck out and there you go and yeah. it was a big play yep that's but 
that's what it's always driven me. Cra- I mean, I didn't want to make this comment. It, it was it's a very Nick comment, but you're talking about Tavon Austin. I'm like, well, are they going to do anything with him when he comes back anyway? Because I, I mean, mean, you're right. Lucky White had averaged ten yards per carry when he did that stupid thing, and everybody knew it was coming, and it still worked. And so it drives me crazy that they just seem reluctant to do it this year. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? Everybody's Injuries. hurt. So who yeah. practiced? Yeah. Garrett. The other guys. He's so Nobody. good at masking things. It's just like <laughs> giving those answers that respond to you, but don't really I, say much. I don't <laughs> hang out with a lot of people that went to the Ivy Leagues. Like not, not even like no? just just students from the Ivy League. But I would imagine if you had conversations with them, I mean they're gonna be like, eh, did you get that at Midwestern State? Like because I I went to Dartmouth, you know, or whatever. I actually. <laughs> you think they big boy? You like that? I do have <laughs> I think uh, so, and I think if I was in the Ivy League, I probably would too. <laughs> I have two friends that went to Cornell, and they're smug jerks. So, <laughs> but they're friends. Types. Yeah, absolutely. But wait, hold on, uh, Cornell. <laughs> Are you really drawing a distinction between smug jerks and me? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm a smug jerk without the nice degree. Okay. Basically, so it wasn't about yeah. the degree. It's just you hang out with smug jerks because it's birds of a feather, right? I was gonna say, but Dave, Dave does it with your your college football team. Like yeah, if you didn't, you know, like, oh, so how how'd you like that conference title 12 years ago? We've actually won national championship or two. <laughs> he I does get a little bit like that. Everyone's got their yeah. own own yeah. way. Everybody's a smug jerk about their own thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the Cowboys are gonna fly again to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Uh, a nightmare. Oh, oh. <laughs> No? No, you need to practice me, on your bird sounds. I, what, I don't even know what that would be. I got to figure that out. Dak, yeah, please do. Dak's got it down. So it was Dak's nightmare last year, but today we're going to get into the offense instead of the defense. The defense is tomorrow. So, Dave, tell me about this Falcons offense and what they got. Mm. You don't need year. you don't need me to tell you about the Falcons offense. <laughs> we really don't. You don't. We've seen it. <laughs> you don't. You know what it is. Um Anything different than last year? Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's different uh, mainly, I mean, it. well, actually, it's kind of similar because Devontae Freeman got hurt in the second game of that game last or second play of that game last year. He's not here. Um, Sean Lee got hurt, too, and he's not here. Good yeah. point. Um, that would probably be, the, probably be the main difference for me is just their most versatile running back isn't there, but... They do a good job of making up for it. I mean, this is this is the Matt Ryan and Julio Jones show, um, which honestly, I started I started watching these guys and looking up stuff on them. I'm expecting them to be like the L.A. Rams and run 11 personnel like 95 percent of the time because they got so many receivers and they throw the ball around. They only do it 67 percent of the time, and they use their tight ends a lot more than I would have given mm-hmm. them credit Hooper. for. Yeah, Austin Hooper. Um, but again, you know, like you know this team, Matt Ryan. Has thrown the ball more. He's um, seventh in the league in attempts, 353. It's mm. the most by far of any quarterback the Cowboys have played this year. This is a, I don't want to call them one dimensional, but they kind of are. They're this is they're going to throw the ball without um, Devontae Freeman because that's their main yeah. and toting Te- running back. Tevin yeah. Coleman is he's a good player. I I really wanted the Cowboys to draft him back when he came out. Um, he's a good player, but like they just don't lean on the run that way. Mm-hmm. They're sixth in total yards, second in passing yards. 30th in rushing yards they run for 90 yards per game and like honestly i'm not even convinced it's because they can't they just don't want to like they have matt ryan julio jones muhammad sanu and calvin ridley and even in um austin hooper is their third leading receiver so they throw him the ball a lot too um they're gonna spread it out line it up love to do play action love to get act like they love to get Matt Ryan on the move. Like he, yeah, I know. That's right. Inter- that's interesting. He is an accurate passer on the run, either rolling out, 
either direction or moving up toward the line of scrimmage. Like they run a boatload of play action, which is funny for a team that doesn't rush the ball that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that would start going down, you know, given his like age. And no, everything. no, he's he's surprisingly athletic for a. You know, he's how old is he now? He was drafted in 07 or 08. Wow. Uh, that so, old? I didn't realize he was that. He's old. been in the league for. A, a I was guessing like time. seven years. Oh eight. It, it was oh eight, that, yeah. not oh seven. Um, so ten years. Third overall pick years. in the oh eight draft. Yeah, he's. But wow, he's got surprising mobility and athleticism. For you know, he's more of that Peyton Manning, like six four, six three, statuesque quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he can move pretty well. They love to get him moving and throw the ball. Julio Jones is Julio Jones. He's got a thousand yards already. Julio. He's leading the league. He is 35% of their passing offense. Uh, and it's the, I mean, we're seeing it here with Amari Cooper. Like, Calvin Ridley is having a nice season, but he's he's just gobbling up the, the attention that other people pay to Julio Jones. He's got seven touchdowns and only 500 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of receivers, a lot of stuff. Really, I watched this team, and the main thing for me, this is, there's one thing I want to impress on you that I really think is going to make the difference. Red zone. The Falcons. Uh, they are seventh in the league in red zone efficiency. They score touchdowns 69% of the time when they go down there, which is nice. Um, which is interesting because the Cowboys have done really well stopping teams in the well, red zone. I'm glad you said that. Also, it's even better when they're at home. Uh, they are scoring touchdowns on 88% Ooh. of their possessions <laughs> at Mercedes. Is that, that's got to lead the league, right? Uh, easily. 88% yeah. in red zone at home. At home. At home. Damn. <laughs> 15, 15 trips to the red zone at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this season. 13 touchdowns. Ugh. They're two failures, both field goals. So they've gotten points every time they've gotten into the red zone that, at home this and season. That's amazing to me because you just said they're pretty much one-dimensional. When you right. get down there, you've got to be able it's to exactly push right. your way in and run. And that Well, that's the funny thing Pretty is... Good. But and yet and yet, Steve Sarkeesian has been getting killed all year for not knowing what to do when they get into the red zone. Just this last week, uh, they play Cleveland. They lose twenty eight sixteen. They're down twenty eight ten. So the game got away from them. But even either the third or the fourth quarter, they get down to the five yard line. They run it once to the one, and then they throw three times. Uh, if you remember, you saw it week one against the Eagles. Same thing. I think the last play of the game, they do they try to do the fade happened in the playoffs julio should have caught it but it's still mm-hmm. a stupid call in my opinion i think in almost everybody's opinion so Brock's still mad about that <laughs> yeah maybe he's like oh if you just call a better play run, the eagles the never ball. win the super never bowl win. <laughs> um <laughs> kind of true and yet and yet they're still really really good so the, the the discrepancy between road and home is pretty crazy here but that means they got to really suck on the road if they're at 88 percent on at home and 69 overall it, do they have a similar number of red zone trips on the on the road, or is it just a lot less that they get in the red zone on the road? I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't run the stats okay, on the sorry. road. Well, just because they're playing at Mercedes-Benz, right. so Makes who cares? Sense, yeah. um, I will say this. They're scoring 32 points per game at home and 21 away. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's hmm. a stark difference, yeah. Yeah. Um, Too bad this couldn't be at AT&T. You, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but so that's that really is the bit. Basically, point is... I'm not interested in like how they're going to line up Julio and how they're going to get in the ball. I basically think they're going to rack up yards between the 20s, and that's just what they do. If you th- go uh, the Redskins-Buccaneers game this past week, 
Bucks had 500 yards of offense. They scored three points. I really think it's going to come down to who executes better when the field gets short. We've seen that the Cowboys are good at it. You know, think back to the Houston game. The Falcons are clearly very good at it in their own stadium. And I really think it's just going to be a matter of like they're going to get their yards in between the 20s. They just are. So yeah, just, but, if you can but, stop them. You know, there's been a lot of talk about last year's game. And, and I don't think that the Falcons offense, I, you know, just kind of blew them away. I just think that the Cowboys weren't doing anything on offense and they kept getting, you know, good field position and they kept, you know, added a field goal. I mean, I think the game was relatively close in the third quarter and they just kept kind of adding points to the league because the Cowboys weren't scoring any. So I think the biggest difference there is going to be. You know, yeah, you have Van Der Esch, which helps. You know, that's a better replacement for Lee, for sure. And then on offense, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But, I mean, they didn't have Tyron Smith. If you remember, Tyron Smith did not play in that game. Um, <laughs> really? And uh, Dak remembers. Kind of, oh, yeah. Kind of a buried storyline. Yeah. You know, Tyron didn't play in and that Zeke game. And Zeke didn't play in that game. You know, and yeah. Alfred Morris only can, you know, take him so much there. So I would agree with that. And, yeah, I it really – I mean – Strictly Cowboys defense versus Falcons offense, it really felt more like death by a thousand paper cuts than yeah. anything else. Yes, like they couldn't they couldn't account for Hooper. Like they gave up so many plays to him, which I think they'll be better this time around. Hope so. The Cowboys never drove for a touchdown. Yeah. They got a great interception by Xavier Woods that led to a touchdown. Yeah. but they never drove for. Let me points. ask you this question: the the big stark difference that you can see typically when you're talking about team success, particularly on offense at home versus on the road, is crowd noise. I can't recall from last year. What was the crowd like? Because I know by the time the game got really going, it was the Cowboys were out of it, and so you really couldn't tell by crowd oh, noise. But I couldn't. I think I remember there were a lot of Cowboys fans there, as there typically are on the road. Yeah. But it seems like just listening to our show and the number of calls we get from Atlanta and the people oh, that yeah. interact with us from Atlanta, there seems to be a ton of fans in Atlanta, which could change the dynamic a little bit yeah. of a home field advantage that Atlanta might experience in most games this season. I wonder, and you said, you know, I wish the game was at AT&T. I wonder if it's so much home versus away as it is turf, indoor versus... Mm, fast track versus not fast track. Cleveland in November, yeah. Philly, the link at night, I don't, which I don't know. But this is a very, you know, classic good indoor team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the difference is I don't think I'll ever stark. fully understand that whole concept of crowd noise and when you're down there i guess i just would have to get on the field and play and well see. i think because to me i mean everywhere we go it's loud and i get it that, that okay when certain office is on the field there is certain you know you hear cheering and stuff to kind of create noise and allow that to create some kind of muffle and not allow your players to be able to hear what call or where to line up but still is it that much different from place to place i think it is i used to think that way too but i I kind of agree because think about it from a standpoint of communication Mm -hmm. which team which which side of the ball needs to communicate even more i mean so yeah you got this awesome defense and you're at home and it's third and 12 and the crowd and then the jumbotron is saying like defense and all that stuff well the safety's trying to talk to the linebacker too and so but you, they usually have hand motions well, so that does, they can use so very I mean, easily I'm just saying, com- to, communication to hurts the offense i think it hurts the defense as well too i don't know there, there are a lot more i think there are a lot more checks on offense than there are on defense and i think that defenses have a way of being able to do that and by the way there's something to practicing it every week. So no matter where you are, defense is probably going to have to deal with that yeah. a little bit more than the offense. But all that being said, I just think if you want to get a good example, go into just go in a big cavernous place like the stadium. You're in the stadium and just try to have like have Nick standing like 20, 30 yards away from you 
and just try to say something to him, right? It's hard. And now imagine crowd noise of whatever amount is now invading on that, and you're trying to talk to these guys, and you're trying to talk over this really loud crowd noise. Um, and by the way, your offensive linemen are not facing you, so they're trying to pass. You know, you're trying to pass messages between you and the offensive line that's not facing you to even be able to read your lips or see hand motions or whatever the case might be. I just think it's a challenge. That doesn't mean it's yeah. insurmountable because teams do it every week. You see teams go on the road and win every week. You see offenses go on the road and score every week. I'm just saying it is something that's a challenge that you have to deal with and you have to account for. It's a challenge, but to the point to where it would fully affect the outcome of a game, I don't think it goes that far, especially like when you go at practices and when they're training to face whoever team on the road. I mean, they blast that music so loud that they, they've been training for that uh, during the week. So, I don't know, but still, something to be aware of and look up, uh, look out for. But let's go ahead and take our final break. And when we come back, let's keep talking about this matchup. And hit us up at Cowboys Break. We'll answer some of your questions. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back to the third segment of the break. Are we talking some underwear? Always, sure. always talking underwear here. Tommy John, 
You know what? It says one of these reads says protect your end zone with Tommy John. I like that one. But mm-hmm. you know, the thing about it is it's getting to be this time of year with Christmas and you can order your own Tommy John for yourself or, or for your significant other, because mm-hmm. they, they definitely have it both men's and women's. You can also personalize it with cowboys, and I know from experience that sometimes if you do wear the ones that have cowboys down there on a game day, the team you want to win will win. It happened Sunday. So TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Do some searching for some cool underwear. You going to wash them before we head to Atlanta or? Inside out. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Hey. okay. Rally hey, cap. Yeah, he's taking that whole rally cap, that whole superstition thing to a new level. I like it. Good. It's all good. There's going to be some scratching happening. <laughs> oh. and That's what dirty underwear and does. And we're off to the next <laughs> time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We never right. really just get through it. Okay, okay, no, okay. No. We're moving on. We're moving on. Dave gave us a great report on the Cowboys. Uh, You're just Cowboys. in a silly <laughs> mood today. Like, I like it when you like this. But this is like NyQuil this or is something like that. Yeah, this is different Dave right here. <laughs> hopped up hopped up on cold medication. <laughs> this is a drug. He's over there doing like effect. Napkins over his face and <laughs> stuff. Up. What are we doing? Let's go. All right, you talked about the Falcons' offense. Now, what would be the most troubling spot for the Cowboys defense going up against them I actually I was going to bring that up before you went to the last break which Derek we talked about that during the bye week like you know would you move Byron Jones around more I still don't think so but if it were up to me I would I would have him follow Julio Jones in this game again I don't I don't see it because that's not Rod's way and also you know Jason Garrett he loves to talk about this and it's a big week for this too because it's the Falcons which Dan Quinn is a Seattle disciple Chris Richard is a Seattle disciple they play their defense like they don't you know the Seahawks never did that type of stuff they're just they're going to play their scheme and they're going to play it at a high level and so that's what I expect to see from Byron. Jacksonville but, did that too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, Beasley still catch it. Passes. You're right. Which and. <laughs> Case in point, that's if it were up to me, I would maybe not every play, but I would definitely try to have Byron Jones lined up on Julio Jones as much as possible. I I like it doing it in a way where it's like you don't really know all the time. You know, if it's just like I I got him every play, well, then I can then let's we'll go to the sideline and we'll figure that out. But sometimes whether they're doing it on second down, they're doing it on third downs, they're doing it the whole series, they didn't do it at all. Like just kind of keep it guessing. Yeah, I think the key is you just got to count for him. If you're not going to have Byron always traveling with him wherever he lines up. Make sure you don't get him isolated on somebody that can't handle it. And if they're gonna, if he's got somebody across him that, that can't handle it, you better be giving him help. I just think they gotta always be aware of where he is because I've seen teams that that make a conscious effort to take him out of the game, and it seems to me that in those instances, more often than not, they still may score some points, but it ain't nearly the kind of points that they score when Julio's going. And yeah. and so I think they just gotta count for him. And he, I mean, anybody that plays fantasy football knows Julio Jones has struggled to get into the end zone, but he is on yeah. a he's on a two game streak right now. He said. is. I guess he's on Derek's team, if I had to guess. He is. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. It. He's. I mean, again, he. I don't have to tell you about him, but it's. He's fun to watch because more so, not more so than anybody. Antonio Brown comes to mind, but like he's in a different spot every yeah. every time. Like he's hard to when you're watching the all twenty two and the cameras up there. You're like. Where where did he go? Oh, he's the gigantic guy. He's in the slot. Well, he's on the left side. He's on the right side. He's lined up in line. He's back off the line. Like, he goes everywhere, and it's always different and fun. The funny thing is you used to be able to say, look for the big guy, 
but Mohamed Sanu is equally big. Yeah. And so if you're just looking for the big guy, you might get the wrong guy because they got yeah. some big receivers. Another thing, uh, they're not afraid to experiment over there because, like, Calvin Ridley will line up in the backfield from time. Like, he took a sweep against the Browns the other just day. Just a flat, just yeah. and Mohamed, toss it to him. Mohamed Sanu is probably, like, the best wildcat quarterback in football. Obviously, you don't want to do that a lot because Matt Ryan's so good. But yeah. he he does that, and he can actually throw the ball to him. a college quarterback? I don't know if he was a college quarterback, but he's got he's got an arm. Like, you know, we always talked about Dez. Like, mm-hmm. he's got an arm. And I think – I want to say he's got, like, three passing touchdowns in his career. Like, wow. they he That's has impressive. used that with some – with a lot of success over the years. So, definitely something to be mindful of. But, I mean, when you have an MVP caliber quarterback, I don't know how much you're going to do it. Which, it's – I mean, obvi- you know, Drew Brees is playing so well and Jared Goff is having a year and – Todd Gurley, but Matt Ryan's on pace for like 5,500 yards yeah. or something like he, something crazy. He's completing 71% of his passes. Like he's, he's having a nice year for sure. So. All right. I see a lot of people asking about the kicker and kind of concern about Brent Maher, which to me, I, I don't, I don't feel any concern as of right now, although he's missed how many now? Four? Three in a row. Is yeah. Four on the year. Four total. But to me, Okay, you Wait, guys three, clearly three seem games. concerned. Three, <laughs> three games in a row. I'm sorry. I'm You're right. Three but games a, a total of how many kicks? Four. Four, right. So <laughs> well, so what? That's I'm worried. I mean, well, seriously, here's, are here's, you at a worrying I, point? I said this yes. to Nick. I said this to Nick at the last game. I was like, I'm at the, I'm, I asked him, are you at the point where you start looking at other kickers? Okay. Because I'm nervous. And when, when, when you start getting nervous, when the coach starts getting nervous about the kicker to the point where it affects his decision-making, that's a problem. And I wonder, I don't know that, but I wonder if it's getting to that point where he can't really rely on him enough that he doesn't make decisions that are based upon not trusting the kicker. Yeah, and, and also more than that, when he first got the job, we talked about what he would do differently than Bailey. You know, you hope that he makes the kicks. Obviously, that, that's line one, as Garrett would say. But also kickoffs. You want to make sure you just blast the ball out of the end zone. Last game, I don't know what the issue was, but it was going. It, there was nothing about wind because Philadelphia had no problem getting touchbacks either way. I think way. they did every time, right? Every time. Yeah. They, six they, out of six, yeah, I want to say. because Jordan Lewis is now the kick returner. He didn't get one one return. So, but Maher had a hard time getting there. And you're, you're kind of, you know, it's, it's playing with fire to keep trying to make sure your guys run down there and make the play. So that's an issue to me is like, okay, what's up with the kickoffs? And now we're missing kicks. I mean, it's a little bit of concerning overall. I, I'm not ready to cut him, but I'm definitely concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Three. <laughs> what? I mean, three. How can you not be? Three I misses mean, in three games. I guess I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's so shocking think, from you, too, because you're I quick know. to be Miss Worry Ward over there. When but, he misses one against Atlanta, she'll be in here on Monday like, <laughs> fire this gotta guy. Go. Get him out of here. <laughs> I guess because I, I look at it as an overall. I mean, how many have they uh, games have they played so far? Nine. 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 So out of those nines, and then taking into account how many times he kicks – and now looking at how many times he's missed, to me... But they don't operate, not to cut you off, but they don't operate that way because Bailey had it for seven years and then it was, he was being you know evaluated over right now. That 42-yard kick is, is alarming to me because that one... That one just went close. That looked like were, my golf that shot. That was, was like way over there. <laughs> <laughs> that one was bad. Which I was going to say that it was the 40, he missed from 42 in Philly? Yeah. And so you, you look at his... He's missed four... One of them was from 50-plus. Wash Okay, big whoop. Yes, yeah, the outdoor. Yeah. Hit the post. Uh, 
then he's I think he's missed two from forty to forty nine. That's last week, and then way back in Carolina. Yeah. But so combine a forty two yard absolute shank with a thirty eight yard miss indoors against yeah. the Titans. That's significant. Like, I'm not ready to cut him, you know, but I okay. certainly don't. Not, you don't know what it is? It. You know what it is? Why I feel this way is because you had the Cowboys being scoring touchdowns, and then that happening, I would be like, yes, this guy. This is an issue, but because it's not that way, I feel that I'm easy going when it comes to. But shouldn't that be, be the, the opposite? opposite. Yeah. It should it, be the opposite. No, once again, like, I get it. We I don't trust it. these guys to get in the end zone, okay, so we need a dude like, who's going to kick the field goal. Right, I right. hate, I hate when you start having to rely on one person, and it's like if everybody puts their part and do their part and do their job, and but that's his part. Happen. His part is job. kicking the kicking the field goals and but he kicking get off. Any help you know, him. he's not supposed to. His job is to kick field goals. You know what I love about Amber is like she like Amber just. It's this is the way it's supposed to be, and that's just not how it is for any team in the NFL. Like nothing is how it's supposed to be. This league is designed to for everybody to be mediocre. Yeah. So you're if everybody did their job, she like feels for the kickers. Yeah, she well, likes the kickers. I, like, I do like the kickers. I feel for them too. It's a crappy. I yeah. mean, it's really not it's a, a crappy it's job. A, it's it's, but it's crappy. A spot. It's be- crappy when it doesn't go your way. Yes, there's no other job. But you can make a ton of money Listen to just to how basically you guys are talking about him. kick a few times every game. There's like, very few other jobs where 82. That Maher's percentage right now is 82. There yeah. are very few jobs where 82 percent sucks. Like that's surgeons, writers. Yeah, surgeons, I'm more concerned about scoring points. Definitely not. Riders, no. You got a much lower oh, percentage. You I can hit 40. I'm feeling great. You're feeling great. <laughs> Pilots. I won six points first before an, even an attempt to three points. Okay. So well, give right. me those six points first. Let's see how you feel hey, after Sunday. He starts missing that seventh point, right. and then you got a real issue. Then, yes, then I would have an issue. But as of right now, just freaking score six points all first, right. and then we talk. All right. all right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Dave, bring that you. Dave every week. Right. Like every show. <laughs> Happy Dave. With the Kleenex or without? With the Kleenex. Without everything. Kleenex. Exactly the same. For Derek Eagleton, Nicky Eman, David Hellman, okay. Amber Garcia, this has been oh. Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!